Hola a todos y todas. Welcome to Flamenco Attitude, the weekly podcast that brings you all things flamenco. Now, I can never recommend enough, uh, especially ahead of this episode, our very first episode that's called what is flamenco this is how we started out it's a bit of a throwback uh, to two years ago but marcos um, really sat down and talked to me at least about the initial little facts about the genre and it was all like a wild journey from there but today we're going to talk about something a little bit the episode is in a little bit of a different format but very interesting for me because it really takes me back to my university years when I first met Marcos and one of the first questions that he asked us was do you like flamenco and all of us said yes and his answer was yes but you know nothing about it (laughs) and uh, as I also started studying the genre I found out that there are a lot of misconceptions a lot of myths a lot of curious facts about the uh, flamenco music, dance and playing that nobody knows about but people just have suspicions that they do. But why is that? Well, today we're going to talk about some of them because we are doing 15 myths about flamenco and this is our episode on everything you thought you knew about it but is wrong. Now what's going to be your first question? Are we then? playing true or false as you suggest? Yeah, I mean I think it is very much a true and false okay. thing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, some of them might be obvious. Uh, other ones are not so easy. Not so easy. Okay. I am going to start with... Uh, well, I think I'm going to start with the first one. The word flamenco refers to the music found in Andalusia. Yeah, and I think you've chosen a good one there. Yeah, because yeah. obviously that's a fundamental. Wrong. Fundamental. Yeah. Flamenco. But, it's, but this, this is wrong. Yeah. So, the word, so we've got uh, the word flamenco refers to the music found in Andalusia. Uh, that would be technically wrong in that the word flamenco refers to people so it originated as, as a, a word to describe certain people that uh, played and sang and hang around co- street corners and all like that and people said look at those flamencos over there. A little bit like you. <laughs> yes. So I mean it originates you know in places like Granada uh, outside the Alhambra they say all oh, these flamencos are, uh, are hanging about so a flamenco really is a person Oh. Not music. the music, mm-hmm. yeah. But of course, flamencos play flamenco now because yeah. it's become, uh, as we've discussed before, a g- the world's most recognised world music. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And just delving into the semiotics, does flamenco mean? Any, does it come from anything? Well, I mean, there's been so many books written about this, yeah. saying, "Oh, does it come from Flanders?" Yeah. Flamenco, you know, it's. We're never going to get to the bottom of that one. You don't think so? No, I don't. But one thing we are sure about, it was used as almost a bad term mm. for certain people that, that waited on street corners, you know. So it's, it's you know, I mean, now it's seen as a very nice word, but it probably wasn't originally. But we'll never know exactly its origins. Its origin. I, I, I don't suspect we're doing... Are we doing songs in this one? I think we will. Well, it's going to it's going to come into it, I think. Yeah, That's okay. it. I'm giving you too many clues here. Okay. So, I mean, would you say you got the first one uh, right or wrong there? I think I got it right in the fact that it's wrong because the word flamenco, uh, referring to the music found in Andalusia, is not correct as a statement. So I'm right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
You're medium, right? Ah, uh, sure. There are layers to it. Would you recommend a song here? Um, well, I think because this is a fun yeah. quiz, I think we, we've got to play um, Brossa Maria of Cameroon. I think I'm going to go just like you. Oh, well, no, no actually, let's do this. Did, uh, did Cameroon only sing flamenco? We just heard him. Yeah. Um, I, I, let me guess. Yeah. I'd say no. That's the correct answer. Uh, <laughs> I'm on, on one of his greatest albums, La Leyenda, he, he sings um, La Tarara and things like that. So um, he's, he was perfectly capable of doing things slightly more poppy. Um, and we're we're going to look at uh, one of those things a little bit later on that he did that was a very important uh, part of a, a hymn uh, when uh, against Franco and all of that kind of thing. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So, yes, he did do. But obviously, overall, you can't really get more flamenco than No, Camarón. I was going to say, obviously, he's the uh, king of flamenco, as you would call him. Yeah. Uh, but do you think he explored other genres? Uh, I mean, genres that are really popular in the world. Uh, blues, maybe, jazz, maybe. No, not really. No, no. But he did introduce catchy little pieces uh, in, into the flamenco and it kind of annoyed him when journalists said to him, that's, you know, and he said, why are you only interested in that? I've recorded, a, you know, a hundred solias and nobody asked me about that, but just because I did this little, you know, couple in, in, in this Because it's, that's what people like. Yeah, they pick up know? on things like that. Yeah, yeah. we talked about but It seemed to uh, irritate him a lot. Um, he didn't enjoy he, it. No, because to him, that was a throwaway thing that he'd done just for a bit of fun. Yeah. And he would want people to pick up on the serious body of work he Yeah? Of flamenco. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of pop music, let's do the big one, because we just uh, came out of the Eurovision Song Contest, and congratulations to Sweden for their um, win. But here's your... Uh, Mid or right or wrong. A famous flamenco star competed in the Eurovision Song Contest, right or wrong. Now, what would you think about Well, that? I... Considering what flamenco sounds like, yeah, yeah, compared with pop music. But you know what? I think the um, idea of Eurovision was every country to come forward with a, a song that incorporates a little bit of their own cultural heritage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all has gone out of the window now, but I would say yes, because I remember you telling me something. Yeah. And I really want to hear this story. Again. Well, uh, I think around about 1986, uh, for whatever reason, uh, Spain, we'll call it Spain for the moment, decided to, to enter a, a leading flamenco artist into the Eurovision Song Contest. That person was Remedios Amaya, and uh, a brilliant, brilliant singer. Now, the sad part about this is um, she did come joint last. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, with, as far as I know, the zero points. Oh, nil points, they yeah. say. <laughs> but what, what, what happened? I am curious to know. Well, well, I suppose people didn't like um, her way, didn't fit really what people thought of what, her. What, what year was that? Did you 86. 86. In, it was in, in Munich, I think, in Germany. And um, Well, I mean, you could hardly see Remedios would not fit very well. Say, with the whole... As, or part of ABBA. Can you imagine that? That wouldn't work. Ooh, uh, yeah. And as you know, now she's called the Camarona. Uh, you know, she's a highly respected artist. So, yes, 
a flamenco artist has been in Eurovision and I don't think it will ever happen again. No, I mean, the, the, well, José Merci, he's very flamboyant, but he's a, he could, also... Yeah, he could also, probably pull it off. He also, could, yeah. also, José Merci is a very established artist, so yeah, I doubt because... He wouldn't agree to it, no. Cause well, we were talking about... He doesn't uh, need it, does he? So, um, did she take it well? <laughs> that I don't know. Okay. Well, did she enter with Absolutely no idea. I'll I've, have to I've, find I've, I've out. never heard the song, no. But I think what we should do is hear, hear her, her best, Turu Turai. And I will also in- try to include the Eurovision song entry here. <laughs> well, I think that kind of leads me... All questions, I think, are connected, right? I think all questions are connected. Um, because we talked about the Spanish entry. And you've put here... Um, a statement, only gypsies can play flamenco. Yeah. Um, but I, just from everything that I've learned, I think that's wrong. Yes, I mean, that would be very wrong. Yeah. Because obviously <clears throat> we, there has been many, uh, what they call payos, yeah. non-gypsy people throughout history. Um, if you think in the 1930s, somebody like uh, Mamwe Bayeco yeah. from, from Seville. I mean, I've got upstairs, I think you've seen it, uh, a box of all his recordings. It's about two feet long in, in CDs. Um, so obviously there have been many, many artists, Fofurito, Balderrama, Machena. Even Paco de Ossia, who is a non-Gypsy well, person. Well, now this is an interesting thing because yeah. you're moving away from the song there into the guitar. Yeah, we're, we're going to cover it. it but, in the guitar, yeah. it's... Uh, of course, we've talked about Moraito, but it, the guitar has been uh, dominated... Uh, in in the modern era, if we use that term, largely by people who aren't gypsies. Yeah. So, Paco de Lucia, yeah. Manolo Sanluca, yeah. Vicente Amigo, uh, you know, but they're always the great uh, gypsy players. Of course, before them, Savicas, he, 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 he was a gypsy person. Ramon Montoya, another gypsy person. Yeah. But the, the, the non-gypsy people have emerged, and if you look at them, the new players of today... Uh, the, the big ones, most of them aren't aren't gypsies, you know. So for whatever reason, but I think when you look at the canti, the song, they are often seen as the you know if you want real flamenco, they are the people that you go for. If you mm. want a lighter thing, then non gypsy. Yeah, yeah. A good example that you can give me, and we can play it. Uh, what are you looking for? In, in what kind of thing? Uh, well, someone who is good at, I, I would say, the because, you, you know, the statement is only gypsies can play flamenco. Yeah. So a non-gypsy person. A non-gypsy person. Um, yeah, on the guitar you're talking well, about. Well, if you say play, probably. Play, yeah. Uh, ooh. Uh, so obviously we won't go for the obvious one of Paco de Lucia. Um, I think we should choose, uh, you know, the maestro, Vicente Amigo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, this leads me to the next question, then. Um, flamenco is played on Spanish guitar. Ah, yeah. <clears throat> well, that would be completely be wrong. Wrong, yeah. Because I asked you once and you told me the Spanish guitar has is different. Yeah, now the Spanish guitar, you know, which is another way of talking about the classical guitar, hmm. uh, normally would have um, very dark-coloured wood, Brazilian rosewood, for its back and sides. And the top could be the same as the flamenco guitar, pine or something like that. But a flamenco guitar, as you know, they're normally very yellow, as mm. you can see from yeah. And they've often been stained 
with amber uh, color. Yeah, with saffron, athafrang. Yeah. But the key thing also is they're much lighter. They're much lighter than than a classical guitar. And the true flamenco guitar, which we call the La Sonanta, would have, as you can see over there, pegs at the top, not machine heads. And they're mm -hmm. called clavija. And it makes it actually extremely difficult sometimes to tune, especially when you're in a theatre under lights, because yeah. they all go in different directions. So the flamenco guitar, also, it has on the front a tapping plate to protect it, because obviously flamenco is a far more energetic form of playing with, with rhythm and using nails. So if you played without one of those on a classical guitar, you would soon have a hole in what we call the top, because you would go through it. Yeah. 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 So much lighter, um, and of course the key thing is the back and sides are made of cypress, cypress. Cypress, yeah. So it's a totally different animal, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, people can recognise them quite easily. And the other thing to say about yeah. it is the action. That is the the the, uh, the difference between the string or the the side where the string goes across. That the fretboard uh, is much lower mm. on a flamenco guitar, which yeah. allows for the faster speeds and the more percussive sound that you get. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I don't like a guitar with a big action. That means you know you've got to push down quite hard. So they are very very different. And of course, the key difference as well is that we use a lot in flamenco sahia a capo. So we put that on various places where you, with a Spanish guitar, people would tend to play it without any capo at all. Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, there are a few ways I can go with here, but I think I'm going to go with this because we just talked about Spanish guitar. Flamenco, flamenco comes from Spain. Now, our long-time listeners will know that this is wrong. Yeah. Uh, fl fl flamenco is regarded... Uh, as Spanish, but of course, what you've got to realize is the people. It's part of the Spanish. Um, uh, the Spanish. Do I say heritage? The, the way the world looks at it, it's well, probably yeah. off there. The reason for this is largely due to when the the nationalists took over Spain hmm. to promote it. Right. So flamenco, as we'll talk about later on, didn't really have a basis in most of what we call Spain, um, but it had arrived there. And this is where it comes from, India. So people had left Rakhistan and remarkably it took them about a thousand years to get to, to Andalusia where they then started to produce what we now call flamenco in the 17th century. So it's not Spanish and if you go to India, um, to certain parts, you will see there are people playing things that are quite close to flamenco even now. So it's definitely not Spanish and it came from India. Yeah, but it very much promotes Spanish tourism. Well, that, you see, this is something that happened uh, yeah. at a time when Spain, if we're going to talk about Spain, I mean, obviously I keep trying to explain there are many countries in Spain, but if we use that, if we use that word, um, it, it was struggling financially and ways were thought of how could we uh, promote, as you say, tourism, 60s, yeah? Um, the key way of doing that was the resorts mm. and these nightclubs with flamenco music. Yeah. So all these areas of Spain that didn't have any relationship to flamenco found 
themselves in the middle of artists being sent to perform there. But why do you think they chose flamenco rather than the, uh, let's say, the Spanish folk song or, for example, the, um, uh, what is this lovely, uh, not cerveza, the other very uh, popular drink from the Asturias? Oh, uh, cider. Yeah. Or w- why do you think it was this art form that's not even originally from the peninsula? Well, that's easy to, to explain. Yeah. Um, the army uh, always felt, you know, that from the end of the 19th century, Spain was starting to not be an important thing in the world anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, it had lost all its colonies, uh, colonists and then it lost Cuba. And it was felt that Spanish identity lay with, with two key things in a way. Um, Los Toros and Flamenco and it was very much Flamenco was regarded a bit like uh, opera is in England and in other parts it's, a, it's for an elite mm. people that understand it. it you know you've got to be really clever to know what it's all about Yeah. and so that was the idea that if Spain really existed and remember that uh, people like Lorca, Garcia Lorca had started to say, oh, we're losing Spain because nobody can sing pure flamenco. You know, there's this whole idea, yeah, of nationalism around. Does that answer it partly? Yes. Yeah. So what happened was, I mean, I've got posters upstairs from from the 50s and 60s, and it was, you know, flamenco. It was the thing. The thing. And and it worked, I mean, because because people uh, came from all over the world to have these, what we now call... Uh, package holidays, which included, as you know, a flamenco show and a glass of of sangria and everything. And people thought it was great. It can be found across the Iberian Peninsula. Yeah. Now, that's a question that uh, it's it's a real gamble because I have no doubt, not only in Andalusia, you can find it in other areas. But do I say yes? I mean, I don't know. What is the answer? Well, you would be right to say yes, because clearly it can be found in other parts. But you've then got a problem that Catalonia, you know, it's not the music of Catalonia. You know, it's the the, the Sardana and things like that. It's not the music of Galicia. It's not the music of the the Basque people, you see. So it's... And I suppose you could say it, it is partially the music of the people in Madrid, because there are a lot of flamenco clubs and things there but no not really um it it's not it can be found but it's not seen by the people that live across the the whole of the iberian peninsula as their music yeah interestingly when we talked about um i think it was about asturias once and you told me something to do with backpipes and then you've put a uh, statement here, the backpipes, backpipes have a special place. But do they have a place in flamenco is the question. Well, they do because, I mean, if you look So at, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. I mean, if you look at an album, we're, we're going to play a track off uh, of Carlos Nunez. There he is with his bagpipes. Mm. Um, and on the, on, the, on the back, you'll see that there is a track where he works with the flamenco artist Carmen Linares. Mm. Uh, yeah. I think it's... Uh, Aurelio del Good. You're, you're, yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, what, what we've got to look at here is you, you've heard of the word Iberia, yeah? Yeah. And that's a contraction of Celtiberia. 
Celtiberia, so the land of, 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 the, of the Celts and the Iberian ah. people, you see. So that is how the people think the bagpipes is Scottish, yeah? Um, Marcos, fact, I feel a terrible factoid is <laughs> crashing my way. What is it? So the, the Celt people t- took the, uh, yeah. the bagpipes, but they actually originate in what you want to call as Spain. <laughs> no, it's not me, it's the world, okay. <laughs> Uh, so yes, I mean you know he's a wonderful uh, artist, and he is combined with all the great uh, people in, in flamenco. He, he's actually his LP there, is, his CD is brilliant because he's called, and I love this, the Jimi Hendrix of the bagpipes. Oh, That's it. not a bad line, is it? Love it. Yeah, and uh, we 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 entertained him uh, here in we're, we're recording this in in. Rural Oxford. We are, yeah. And he came and uh, before he did a big concert in London. So yes, um, and of course you saw where, when I was um, recently in Gastor, the real Andalusian village, and what's outside the town hall made of copper, a, a, a bagpipe horn. I'm curious to see how yeah. that sounds. Yeah. So I think we've got to play that track. Let's hear Carmen Linari. Now that one must be a joke. Does flamenco piano exist? <laughs> Is that one of you? I mean, honestly, you. Well, uh, I'm not gonna say exactly what you say about this instrument. Yeah, I'm, got, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna censor myself. I've got to be terrible, terribly rude. Here. Yeah. Because um, you're gonna. Say I watch that. all the flamenco programs. Yeah. yeah. And every so often you get flamenco piano. Also, it's true. Oh, it's absolutely also, true. Also, it's true. it's true. I thought it was false. Yeah. So you'll get oh, somebody no. playing a whole solia or whatever on the piano. Now, and what? It, I've got records of it, and I respect the people who do it, but I do not understand it. The reason right. being, when the guitar originated from the lute, obviously it's designed to play what we call flamenco. Mm. You know, that's what it does. Yeah, And if you start converting and transcribing that for the piano. How do you do tremolo on the piano? Or I think they do like a trill. Um, with, with, yeah. But then then you disagree with uh, Paco Dulcia doing a, an imagination of Carmen on a guitar? No, no, because he's doing it in a very flamenco way and he's yeah. putting it to the rhythm or the yeah. blues. Yeah. There is a man who's a specialist in this piano, uh, Manolo Carrasco. Oh. You might be able to, to I'm sure yeah. you've got a track. Um, so, you know, it's it's one of these weird things and it they've got a great deal of respect. Um, so you, you see the pianist on their own and they'll play a whole piece or, and this is what you'll love, the theatre of it, the pianist is there and leaning over that grand piano is one of the great cantaors who, who will then be accompanied by... by the, so flamenco piano, like it or not, is here to stay. Wow. OK, however, this... I mean, I'm shocked about this previous fact, but how about the castanets? You've put castanets are a key ingredient of music. Yeah. And they're, I think they're a key ingredient of dance more than music. It drives me absolutely crazy because as, as soon as I meet anybody and they say, oh, what do you do? And I say, oh, well, you know, amongst other things, I, I play flamenco. They immediately get their hands up and make out they're doing castanets. Yeah. Um, now, I was recently playing in Inkfimena with a wonderful uh, castanet player. But strictly speaking, they've got nothing to do with flamenco whatsoever. 
uh, we call them palillos or mm. cazuela, mm. and they are part of Andalusian folk music. Yeah, so they are an instrument, a percussive instrument used yeah. in the folk music. You, you told me Andalusia folk music has nothing to do with flamenco then. Exactly. They're, so you would never get uh, castanets. I mean, people have used them in stage shows, but strictly speaking, they've got no relationship to at all. pure flamenco at all. No. Wow, so they, yeah, they're yeah. not even a dance... Um... Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a lot of things. It's like saying, you know, well, rumba's not flamenco, but of course we all do it because yeah. people like it, you know. Uh, but I'm not a fan of castanets in pure flamenco. You know, they. I mean, I used to. I've still got some upstairs. You can pay an awful lot of money for a, a pair. You know, and the most expensive ones are often not made of granadillo. They're made of paper mache, and very, very expensive because they make a big sound. You know, and I used to be able to even play them, but I would say I'd like to see that. We have. We have to say that they're not really hardcore flamenco. So you wouldn't recommend me a song uh, or anything with the castanets. Well, you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of that there's a, a lady who's so f- uh, famous for it. No, I mean, just find any album of, of, of Sevillanis and, and, and you'll find Castanet playing on it. Perfect segue into the next. <laughs> Sevillanis is the, the most recognizable form of music from Sevilla. Yeah. It's part of the flamenco repertoire. I say that's yes, we've played many Sevillanis. Yeah, well, I would say absolutely no. It's a big no, because, oh, no. because once again, you're it. falling into the trap of folk music, you see, which is why we've just had the fair in Seville, you know, a couple, yes, couple of yes. the feria, yeah. and, every, and most young women and older ones as well go out and buy themselves a, a very expensive dress sure. just to turn up, and they have their castanets, and they go down the main, the main street, and they dance in front of everybody. But that is a world away from flamenco. What, how so? Well, because <coughs> Sevillanis is not part of the flamenco repertoire. I, I mean, that is not just the, it's one of these difficulties, because obviously when Paco Lucia recorded with Manolo Sanluca um, it, for a Saura film, they do Sevillanis sure. together. Uh, it's like, I, at the moment, I've got a very nice set of, of Seviana, which I quite like, and you can have very gypsy Seviana, but they're not really flamenco. But we all do it because, I mean, let's face it, we're, we have to entertain the public. And so, you know... Marcus, you're doing many, making many allowances with uh, the genre. Yeah, but listen, if you think about it, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. If you go to uh, a, a concert in Andalusia, yeah, yeah. a singer will come on, right? Sure. And that person, male or female, will probably do three numbers. That's it. And then there'll be another artist. You don't, you don't do more than three. Now, when you're faced in playing in, 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 as we do here in England or France, or even in Spain in certain places, you can't go on as a guitarist and do three pieces. People have come for a concert. So you have to make the concert varied. Yeah? So you can do hardcore, but that's where the rumba, the sevianis, all of that comes in to fill out your repertoire. Yeah? Yeah. Does that make sense? In a way, it does. I mean, I can see how flamenco is... Um, I, do you know what? This makes me realize that it's not as rigid and as conservative as a genre as you make it out to be sometimes. No. It does... You or know. even as Cameron 
makes it out to be. But then he he, Um, he doesn't mind experimenting with with drums and percussion and things, you know? Who does the best Sevillanos? Um, it's a, well. I hope you've got it. it it's a, a man called El Pali. See, see if you can find him. Well, that's a big misconception. You you get annoyed, you know, about this because whenever we see something online to do with flamenco specials, something to do with even even films, anything, yeah, it's a dance form what a lot of people think, but it's actually not, I suppose. No, because obviously flamenco started, uh, we all we talked about the people coming from India and settling in, in Andalusia. They worked in the fields, they worked in the forges, we were yeah. always talking about that. So they sang their songs, yeah? The dancing was not part of that at that early stage. It's not to say people didn't dance at all, but it wasn't not really any an integral part of it. Much later on, you get the introduction of the guitar. So, I mean, there's wonderful pictures in the 19th century of this of this gypsy artist El Planeta, who lives in Triana on the other side of the Great River mm. in Seville, and so he's going across into Seville to perform. Yeah, and he suddenly realised that uh, just singing. It's okay, but if he took one of these new fangled guitar type things, yes. yeah. So he dresses up in this clown costume and he's got a guitar clown and goes costume. and and then you get this whole thing which you don't get so much now. Where and Cameron was great at this, where singers are able to accompany themselves, which is quite a complex thing to do in flamenco. I know it's normal in other yeah. other musics, but it's that's not an easy thing to do in in flamenco. Most singers. Uh, you know, you don't see Jose Mace uh, playing the guitar while he's singing. You know, it's it's just very very complicated thing to do. Um, so that is really how uh, things. Ch- and then once you get into the twentieth century, then you do get with this idea of opera flamenco m- musicians moving out of the inns and taverns and going into theatres. The dance comes in. Mm. as a very important part but, of it. See, yeah, we disagree, obviously, with the fact that it's a dance form. However, some fantastic male and female dancers have emerged. I know, and I'm about to go and bring you a report in July of the number one, Farukit. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm very sad that I will never be able to meet the probably the queen of the dance. Karuna Maya? And Christina Hoyos. You could play a track actually of Carmen sure. Amaya with Sabikas. Let's do it. But you know what? In a way, I do understand. I, I understand why people who are not experts or people who just, you know, only now started out exploring the genre love dance so much. This is what you've put here Flamenco dancers wear colorful dresses distinguished by lunaritos or polka dots. Absolutely true. Well, yeah? yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that's a good one because it's a true and false, isn't it? Oh, but because there are many... The duality of Marcos. Yeah, there are many great uh, Egyptian artists who have worn or do wear the dress with the polka dots sure. with the lunaritos on. But you'll also see some of the greatest people, they just wear... Lace, complete, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. just plain, a very plain dress completely. Nothing like the cliché of the polka dots or anything like that. Um, and often those people uh, are, are the best. I mean, if you look out for Sara Barras and people like that, you'll see them uh, in a totally uh, 
a different costume to that. Yeah, often long trousers mm. and and a black, black shirt. Uh, we uh, w- have we made an episode on this? If we haven't, I think we absolutely should, because we discussed cross dressing at some point. Yeah. and uh, yeah, there are women obviously who dress in sort of a male type yeah. of attire, well, and they still dance. Yeah, well, it was Carmen Amaya. She who started this, this, I think. You know? This trend, and yeah. we and I've seen um, who was the famous male dancer who has like a crinoline sort of dress. Oh yeah, you n- remember? Yeah, you've got me now. Yeah, it'll come to me in a moment. Yeah. So it, it's not a. It's no, not. He, a he started to use the 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 the, uh, the track, the very long. Yeah. Uh, ah. We have a CD of him and everything. <laughs> it will come. You've thrown that one in at me then. Oh, we'll 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 we'll, we'll find out. I deliberately left this one for the end. The Spanish are very fond of flamenco because mm. I know that it's probably false. That is a, absolutely right. That is a big no. Uh, many Spanish people from all the other uh, countries in Spain, they do not like flamenco. They don't regard it as their culture. Uh, they have their own culture. And even in Andalusia, a large portion of people do not like flamenco um, it's not because they have they're interested in in pop music in in classical music rock uh, flamenco is very very difficult and nothing wrong with that no of and flamenco you see if, is a very difficult thing to understand because you've got two key areas of it that makes it difficult one is the rhythm so the rhythms are, are very difficult and the second thing is the the letters the lyrics are hard to understand and partially because of the way they're sung and partially because obviously there's a mix of andaluth in there and part of the the uh gypsy language as well calo and things like that so it's not an easy culture to sort of and this is why i i when I meet people, they, they say to me, like you said at the start, oh, I, I like flamenco. And I say, you must be lying. Nobody likes it when they first start, you know. Because people start playing the guitar and they find the singing uh, very difficult to get on with. Much later on, they gravitate and that's all they want to do is to listen to the great singers. So, you know, I mean, if you go to, to Catalonia, people like other musics than, than flamenco. Uh, as we said before, you go to Galicia, they like bagpipe music. Uh, you know, there's different folk musics found in all the other parts of, of the peninsula. And, what I mean, you get people in Andalusia, wealthy people, and they'll go to a flamenco recital maybe once a year, you know, because it will be their big night out. It's the opera. Yeah, but they're not flamenco fans, if you know what I mean, yeah? Have you ever asked a Spanish person that you know and they don't like flamenco, what was the reason behind that? Well, uh, I think it's often that they don't really relate to it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I can understand that because the rhythms, as we've said, are, are mm. difficult. <laughs> if you listen to the lyrics, like, Camarón, un anciano le pegué, mm. you know, I, I hit an old man. You know, it's <laughs> it's a very difficult thing to say that you really like that because it's it's so raw emotion. Raw emotion, and not everybody likes that, you know. Yeah, you're the biggest flamenco aficionado I think I will ever know. Uh, are you sad about it? I thought I used to be a professional. 
Yeah, you're you're the biggest professional I've ever known. I correct. I stand completely corrected. But are you sad about this? Uh, no, because I think we, in a way, we pride on the fact that lots of people don't like it, and it is very specialised. And it's you know, as we say, it's not for everybody. Mm. We're snobs. You said it. <laughs> <laughs> and you promised me we we're going to end on a high. Surprise me with. Um, Two tracks. Yeah. Uh, key moments in flamenco's history. Yeah. I mean, the first one, going back to 1970, is Uh He was living in, in the United States, I think a lot in New York and various places. I made an incredible number of albums, mm. you know? I mean, uh, somebody reminded me, I mean, he went on till God knows no way. He was still making endless records. And so he, he got together with uh, this electric guitarist, Joe Beck. And uh, they produced the, this, this album called Rock Encounter. And what I'm hoping that you can find the Bullerias off of that. Yeah, I mean, the, the cover's just extraordinary, isn't it? Um, yeah. I was very lucky that um, a, a record dealer that I knew many, many years ago... It's a Polydor as Polydor, well. Yeah. yeah. He went to London, because that actually, the one you're holding there... As you can see, it's not an English record, it's from the United States, because they have this way of doing the, the whole wrapping of the cover in a different way. Yeah. And um, he said, I've got something for you that I think you'll oh, like. Rock. <laughs> yeah. And I said, oh, well, great. And he said, I found this in, in a huge warehouse in London. Yeah. And, so, and the weird thing was, when we opened it up, in the sleeve inside, covering the record, there was a minute tomato seed so somebody who ever had this record maybe was having a sandwich in 1970 <laughs> I, I thought that this was a deliberate kind of tomato type of thing <laughs> no, no, no. so and this the, the importance of playing this is that people will not see this necessarily as flamenco so it will shock them a bit and this influence the other thing that we're going to play yeah. which is Camarón when he, he sings uh, Bolando Boy which, which again you see Will, won't sound like flamenco to many people, but if you go to Laisla where he came from, you'll see boys racing around in cars with it blaring out, and it's seen a, as a real flamenco anthem, un himno, you know. And really, um, it's an extraordinary thing, but that is flamenco, almost more pure than the real flamenco because. He's singing it in such a particular way with his voice, but it's it's almost pop music in another way. Thank you very much for joining us for this incredibly fun for me episode on myths about flamenco. We've been your myth busters uh, today, Marcos and I, and we have a lot of fun things similar to that planned out for you as the months roll um, roll around. Um, it's It was nice for me to learn some things. I hope you learned some things as well. And I hope you played along at home uh, and send me the, your score. If you have been scoring along and see how much, how, how many answers you got right or wrong. I think I got about 12 or maybe 11 right. And Marcos has surprised me with some of them. But anyway, until the next time, whether you listen to, learn or play flamenco, remember to always follow the beat.